Welcome to the New Abbey Podcast. We are a Jesus community telling the biggest story of God in Los Angeles. We're excited that you're joining the conversation with us today. Enjoy. Let's have some conversation time. So they're going to put the link in the chat so you can go to your Zoom breakout rooms or you can click conversation time and also do that. Or you can just take this question into your being and have a conversation with yourself and God. And the question this morning is, name a moment in your life where God surprised you. Enjoy. Oh my God. Um, Woo! (laughs) Let him preach. Uh, It's really amazing to be with you in this capacity. Truly, like, it's really, 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 really special. And the little five-year-old in me who was preaching in his front yard um, is really excited right now. Uh, And what today symbolizes for me is that (sighs) you said it and I believed it. Um, a real big God moment for me because two years ago, I left what was familiar and comfortable. And I stepped out believing that God was leading me somewhere, um, to something I didn't know, some, something new, but I knew it was for me. <sighs> and I had a vision for my life two years ago where I could be fully me and I could feel proud of being me. And also that I could be a pastor at this church that I stumbled across with a friend as we were stalking someone on Instagram um, that really told this bigger story of God and include all people. And I knew that I really wanted to be there and I know how that was going to happen, but it did. And also that I could stand in knowing that I followed where God called me and what I really wanted. So that today is what it symbolizes for me. Um, because two years ago, what was familiar and comfortable, I was part of this charismatic church that I resonated with in so many ways, being slain in the spirit, picking people up. It was amazing. (laughs) And I led so many teams and got to be a leader at such a young age. Um, And it was such a gift. But there was always the big but and or however, and I was always brought in because of being gay. I wasn't told that I had to go back in the closet, but I was told that I could never talk about it and that my sexuality was perverted um, by the devil and that I could never talk about God being a part of my story in that capacity. So my friends, that's what I'm bringing in this morning. And this is just honestly so beautiful and I'm grateful for an experience like this. So with that being said, get your Bibles out or your Bible apps. We're gonna be in Genesis 16 or just simply be. Um, And we'll see in Genesis 16, three people who are away from home in a land that they don't know, around people that they don't know, and that they're having these understandable doubts if what they've been promised could actually happen, if their hopes could actually be a reality. And we'll see in the beginning of Genesis 16, Sarai creating this alternative route to what was promised to her. And we'll also see in Genesis 16, God speaking to women, God hearing and listening to women, hashtag Women's History Month. Can I get some noise for Women's History Month? Yes. And also God speaking to our hearts and to the unspoken. And also through Hagar and her son Ishmael, we see this expansion of covenant that I believe we live into here at New Abbey, that the good news is that every single human being is a child of God and made in the image of God. 
And that's the good news. And the conversation that I want to have today or around is, what if in our suffering, we saw that God has always been there? So what if in our suffering, we saw that God has always been there? So keep that in mind as we're in Genesis 16. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abram had been leaving in Canaan 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, you're responsible for the wrong I'm suffering. I put my slave in your arms and now that she knows she's pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave's in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. Then the angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was a spring that is beside the road of Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she answered. The angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. Live in hostility towards all his brothers. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. <sighs> you are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Bilaharoi, still there between Gadesh and Bird. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. Woo, that is such a truly beautiful story. I love so much that the angel of the Lord meets her with compassion. And that word compassion meaning co-with, and passion meaning suffering. That the angel of the Lord is with her in her suffering and meets her with that compassion and that grace. Because Hagar is this in this in-between state. She's on this ancient route between Egypt, where she grew up, where she was born, where her father Pharaoh gave her away as a slave to Abram and Sarai, to Canaan, over here where <laughs> her baby mama and baby daddy drama is going on and where her current situation is. So she's in between where she was and where she is. And the angel of the Lord meets her with compassion. The angel of the Lord isn't pissed off or angry or trying to shame her or judge her, but meets her with compassion. And I think it's also interesting that the angel of the Lord says to go to Sarai, to where she was experiencing suffering. I don't think the angel of the Lord is saying, go pursue suffering or go pursue pain. But I think there may be something deeper within our suffering or our pain that we could see. 
Because the next thing that the angel of the Lord says is, well, what the angel of the Lord speaks to is the unspoken, what Hagar never said, but was feeling or deeply wanted. So he speaks to the unspoken in her life. And I think it speaks to this question of what if in our suffering, God has always seen us? That even in the pain, even in the heartache, God was also there and seen us. And I think a way that we can see that in our lives is when everything hits the fan and our world's just all over the floor and we have no idea what's gonna happen, what's next, how's it gonna get better. When we feel alone, we feel not seen and then some time goes on and then we see things working themselves out. We reflect and we see that everything is working for our good. And then we look back and we also see God there. Not that God was never not there, but now we have language to it. We couldn't see it in the moment, but now we see it. I think in another way that we see God is when we open up to a friend and we're vulnerable. Or we invite a therapist or a spiritual director in and we allow ourselves to be seen and then they see us and then we see ourselves and then ultimately God sees us. Maybe even this morning when we're in conversation time and you're answering the question and responding, you had this moment where you're like, oh wow, I'm not a unicorn because in the thick of it, sometimes it could feel that way. I mean, the little details maybe, but as we just start opening up and we allow ourselves to be seen and start hearing other people's stories, they're pretty similar and other people have other experiences. And I think in those moments where we hear someone that has a similar experience, I think we get this sensation of feeling seen by God. That we're actually not alone. We may have felt like that for a moment and that's human, but that there's other humans out there who see us and have been through something similar. And I think as we drop in, because the voice of God isn't going to be this holy voice down from heaven speaking from up here. It's like, I mean, if you hear from God like that, that's amazing and that's like actually really cool. Um, if you can let me know your secret, I would really love that. Um, but it's probably gonna be these moments, right? Where we just relax. And we exhale, and we let it out, and we inhale, and kind of get grounded. You kind of see, it's gonna be all right. Things have worked, them out, worked themselves out before. God has been there before and has been faithful. I think we begin to look at this kingdom within in a new way. That I love that Jesus gets to in Luke 17, that goes like this. Once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. That the kingdom is all around, but also within. The kingdom is in me and the kingdom is in you. That we see that, that we drop in. And I think in a greater way that we can see that is when we reflect 
And we were once somewhere where we heard this little voice or just this knowing to go somewhere new or to go somewhere beyond where we're currently at. We hear this little whisper, maybe, and we follow that and we honor that, and now we're here. And as we look back to where we were, we see some things didn't make it. We even come to this knowing or this awareness that, huh, they served their time. And maybe not even that it ended, but it, it's completed. And we can set those things free. You can let them be. Now we're here honoring where we came from and where we were told to go or where we felt. And we look at the fruit in our lives. And we're like, okay, God, <laughs> I see you. And also, we grow this sense of gratitude within. And we see the fruit of our lives. Maybe that's a career that we stepped into that we always wanted to, but we were maybe too afraid of what people may think. But we honored our heart. Or maybe it's a relationship that we never thought we could come out if we're now in this relationship that we always wanted, that we followed that little voice within that led us that direction. And we can stand proud in our decision that we showed up for ourselves. Or maybe it was a new community, a community where you could fully be yourself and no one was bullshitting and people were just human beings saying it how it was and how it is and where you're at. And you're now part of this deeper community. Or maybe it's simply just how you feel about yourself. That you can go to bed a little bit with a little bit more peace. You can wake up in the morning and feel like you're living for something. And you can look at yourself in the mirror and notice who you are. Hmm. And I think that God is so a part of the figuring it out. Because what if God was even a part of our figuring it out? Because we see Hagar, right, pregnant in this in-between state of where she was and where she's from. And we see her sad and maybe even broken. And the angel of the Lord speaks to the unspoken in her life. And I think as we follow the breadcrumbs of pain and suffering in our life, I think it leads us to a greater knowing of ourselves, a greater knowing of what it means to be human, a greater, bigger story of God. And as we follow those breadcrumbs of pain and we see what we really want, I think even, even in moments when we're following that, that God kind of opens up our eyes or we open up our eyes to see what we've always wanted. Or maybe even in the pain or the suffering, we realize that we've ignored part of ourselves or what we really wanted. The things that get us excited or fired up, we realize that we kept on pushing those back for another time or another day. And then we come to this awareness that we don't want to live that way anymore that the only thing that ever exists is today, not tomorrow, and we no longer push it back. And we come to this knowing that God is a part of figuring it out. And as we come into what we really want, 
I think our eyes open up and we start seeing that life is for us and not against us, that God is for us and not against us, so that when things rise up, it's no longer obstacles, but opportunities for growth and expansion, for knowing ourselves in a deeper way, for honoring our heart, that we come to this place of what sets our soul on fire. And we're like, I'm gonna go after that with everything I got. And anything that comes up, it's okay because it's gonna be that vehicle to take me to the next thing. And I'm now a driver in the driver's seat of my own life. And I'm not gonna live life passively and I'm not gonna live life by what I think people want for me, but I'm gonna live life by what I believe my heart is leading me to. And in that, I think we see God. And God is encouraging us. And it sometimes could feel like just this little whisper and that our internal world is speaking something different from the external world. And it's okay, because as we allow ourselves to drop in and own that, I think it gives us the fuel to keep going. And I think as we live out our passions, I think that's how we personally contribute to alleviating suffering in the world. I think that's how we bring greater light into this thing called life. Because we see it, right? When someone's lit on fire and they're living for something and they know who they are and they know why they're here, we see it. And we give ourselves that permission to do that in our own lives, to build that courage up and do that ourselves. And I think when that little fire goes off in us, then it gives someone else the courage to do that as well and then someone else and then someone else and someone else. So what if God was also in our passions? Because I think our passions are our deep understanding of why we're here. We have this sense of purpose and this sense of encouragement to keep going because the rough stuff's gonna come up. I think that's just part of what it means to be a human being. But I think we now have something to live for and we can keep going. And we see that God is for us and life isn't just happening, but life is maybe just working itself out for us as well in our good so we can step into what was truly for us. Hmm. As we follow those breadcrumbs back, those breadcrumbs of pain and suffering to ourselves, I think we learn something. I think we grow. I think we drop in and we're reminded of why we're here. An area of my life where I experienced a lot of heartache, a lot of pain, and was one of the first things that kind of like really opened up my eyes and began, I began asking these bigger questions. I was 18. I was in my first semester of college. I was in between classes, and I see I'm getting a phone call from my mom. So I step outside of the student center where I was, and I'm out on the staircase. And my mom lets me know that uh, my grandpa overdosed and passed away. My grandpa Sal, 
I used to call him uh, Grandpa Sal was a ghetto because he was this Mexican Filipino man with this shaved head and this thick mustache. <laughs> kind of looked like a vato and he had like the, he loved lowriders and oldies. And he also really loved Jesus and he really wanted to help people. But he wrestled with his demons. And one way that he coped with that was shooting up. And that last time, it's clearly the last time that his life was, was cut, I think short. And so, as I was at his funeral in this East LA Pentecostal church, and the church is filled with my family, my grandpa's church and friends in these pews, and the pastor's like going off about whatever, I had this nudge in me to go up and say something and to remind people that God loved them and that even God was in the midst of this deep pain. I said, okay, Lord, well, you know, how do I do that? And I felt like the spirit of God was like, well, go up there. And I was like, what? <laughs> me? What? I've never done this before. Um, and I was like, okay, well then give me a sign. And then the pastor opens the mic up and then uh, my godmother turns to me and she's like, are you gonna go up? And I was like, yeah, go up. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm going up and I'm literally shaking. Like my legs are like going back and forth like this. And the pastor looks at me, he's like, you good? Like, you going pass out right now? And I'm like, I'm good, I'm good. And thank God there is this podium, right? That majority of the people over here, but they're like, I guess, the other folks were over here, so they got like the VIP section of my legs shaking and me shaking in my boots. So I'm like up in the front, just like shaking, talking about my grandpa. And then I kind of drop in and I come to this place of just like giving this word to my family and my grandpa's church and, and friends and what have you. And as my grandpa's behind me, gone, there's this moment where I'm like, life is short. And dare I not live into who I truly am? And dare I not hide that, but give that to the world? And also that I really love to remind people that they're loved by God. That even in their suffering, even in pain, God is also there. And I think in many ways, that deep pain in that moment, in that funeral, in that little East LA Pentecostal church, brought me to right now as I'm talking to you, as your care and community pastor. And I'm so grateful for that. That's something that was so painful that I got to discover what my heart really wanted. And I think my grandpa's proud that I also followed that. And so, again, my question is, what if even in our suffering, we saw that God has always been there? And it was as we allow that in our being, may we remind ourselves of the words of Agar. I've now seen the one who truly sees me. Hmm. God, may we allow that into our bones, that we know that you see us, that you delight in us, that you celebrate us. You're not mad, you're not pissed off, you're not angry. You're 
this God who meets us like the angel of the Lord with compassion, and you're with us in our suffering, and you're with us in the figuring it out, and you're with us in the passions, that you're so a part of how we just experience life. It's not this altar call moment or yes to Jesus moment, but the fact is it's the yes that you've always been there since the beginning. And God, that you truly have seen us through all of it, that you're within us, you're outside of us, and you're in, uh, we're in, you're in one another. And God, we thank you for this community, and we thank you that we truly celebrate one another as you celebrate us. So today, may we be reminded of why we're here and what we really want, and may we go after that. May we own that. May we stand in that proud with knowing who we are and whose we are. So I thank you, Jesus, for your love and your grace, and I thank you that your spirit is inside of us standing strong. And thank you for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So my beautiful friends, we have one more question, and that is, where in your life can pain be your teacher? Where in your life can pain be your teacher? Enjoy. Thanks for listening to the New Abbey podcast. For more information, visit us on the web at www.newabbey.org.